Well, today I want to talk about Paul in pain and perplexed. Galatians four nineteen through 20 reads, My children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. In Galatians four nineteen through 20, Paul mentions the word pain and he mentions the word perplexed. There was something going on in Galatia that was causing him pain. And there was something going on in Galatia that was perplexing him, that was confusing him. And so what I want to do is look at Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 8 down through verse 20. And let's take a look at what was causing Paul so much pain and what was causing him so much confusion as it related to the Galatian believers in these sets of, this set of verses. Well, number one, Paul was in pain and perplexed because the believers returned to the law. Galatians 4, 8 through 12 says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God. So Paul's talking, I think, to the Gentiles here when he talks about there was a time when you did not know God, when you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. So they were worshiping false gods. They were enslavement are in slavery to false gods. And in these false religions, they were trying to earn these false gods' acceptance. They were trying to earn a right standing before these gods. They were trying to avoid the judgment of these gods. That was prior to coming to know the true God, coming to know the grace of God. No religions of the world are based upon grace. All the religions of the world are based upon effort and works and trying to appease this angry God or to avoid the judgment of this angry God. And so the believers in Galatia, at one point in time before grace came, they were enslavement to avoiding the judgment of these false gods and the anger of these false gods. They were enslavement to these false religions. It says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and worthless principles? See, they had been introduced by Paul to a whole new way of relating to God, and it was by grace. In the good news of grace, not only do we know God personally and in relationship with him, but he knows us personally. It's a love relationship with God. The Galatian people were moving away from this love relationship with God. They were turning away from grace. They were turning away from relating to God based upon everything Jesus did for them at the cross. They were turning away from confident that they were right with God, righteous before God, forgiven by God because of what Jesus had done, because of the grace that had come through Jesus. And then now they were turning back to weak and worthless principles meaning they were seeking to gain God's forgiveness or maintain forgiveness and maintain righteousness or maintain eternal life by following a religious system or moral standards, thinking that practicing these religious disciplines of this religious system, they could be right with God, they could be okay with God, they didn't have to live in guilt. So they, they were seeking to have a relationship with God, a guilt-free relationship with God, based upon their efforts within their religious system or their moral standards. 
and they had turned away from grace, being confident that our relationship with God is secured for us in Christ, that our righteousness or our right standing that we have with God is secured in the work of Christ, that fellowship with God is secured in the work of Christ. So these people were turning away from grace and back to a religious system. Many people do that. Many people in, the, in the Christianity who were one time maybe established in grace or felt joy of, of coming to Jesus originally and placing their faith in Christ. But after coming to faith in Christ, they were established in, in a religious system, in a discipleship system, where there are certain things they had to practice every day, certain disciplines they needed to practice daily in order to feel good about their relationship with God, in order to please God. Um, they would need to practice these these certain expectations of this religious system or this denomination or this ministry. And they become enslaved to the disciplines, to the expectations, which is exactly what was going on in Galatia. Paul says, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and worthless principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? And that's what happens. We become enslaved to these expectations that are communicated to us by our religious leaders, by our church leaders, by our small group leaders, by our mentors, by a ministry that we're in. We, we are taught that these are the requirements, these are the rules, these are the expectations, you know, and, and then you should want to do these things uh, so often that uh, we're told. And we become a sl- enslaved to, I can't feel good about my relationship with God until I practice the disciplines. So our relationship with God then becomes rooted and grounded and founded not in what Christ did for us at the cross, but is now based upon what we do, following the disciplines, following the requirements, fulfilling the the expectations. And only when we do those things can we begin to feel right about our relationship with God. The Galatians were turning away from grace, turning back to a law-based system. So Paul says, do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days. That's a calendar and months and seasons and years. Thinking by observing the the calendar, these special days and months and seasons and, and years, that somehow you merit something with God by observing the religious dates on a calendar. Now we know that we celebrate Easter and we celebrate Christmas being the birth of Christ and Easter being the resurrection of Christ. And we understand that the celebration of Christmas and the celebration of Easter merit nothing with us with God. They don't draw us closer to God. They don't cause us to be more accepted by God. Rather, Christmas and Easter is a celebration of grace. We're celebrating that God has come to us in the person of Christ. We're celebrating that Jesus took upon himself our sins. And at the cross, he died for us and he rose again to bring us eternal life. So Christmas and Easter are celebrations of the grace of God. They, they don't merit anything for us. They're celebrations of what God has done for us in Christ and God coming to us in the person of Christ. Paul goes on to say, I fear for you that my efforts for you may have been in vain. Paul's there really concerned that the time he spent in Galatia teaching the people the truths of the gospel of grace, the good news of the gospel of grace, may be in vain, may prove to be worthless because the Judaizers had come into Galatia, had turned the people away from Paul, had turned the people away from grace, had turned the people away from what fully what Jesus had done for them, turned them back to a religious system, back to religious efforts, 
back to spiritual disciplines, trying to gain what God had given for free. And so Paul was, was concerned that the work that he of grace that he had among the Galatians would prove to be fruitless as the Judaizers had come and taken over there. So Paul goes on to say, he says, I beg you. So you see the heart of Paul here. He says, I beg you, I urge you, I'm really concerned for you, brothers, that you become like me, for I became like you. What does Paul mean, become like me? Well, as Paul began to communicate the gospel of grace, he began to be criticized, he began to be scrutinized, he was rejected, he was ridiculed, he was slandered for his his belief in the good news of, of the grace of God. He was slandered because he wasn't watering down grace with religious expectations or certain religious practices or disciplines. He was communicating that Jesus did it all. He did not set aside the grace of God. He understood that righteousness came by faith in Jesus, and if it came any other way, then Christ died in vain. And so Paul is telling the people that if you embrace this gospel of grace, you will be criticized. You will be scrutinized. You will be rejected. People will accuse you of giving license to sin. All the things that Paul went through in communicating the gospel of grace, those who embraced the gospel that he communicated, which Jesus gave Paul to communicate, they're going to go through that same rejection. I know I have for years. I know many of those who've come to this revelation of grace by the Spirit of Christ, they've experienced rejection. Some of y'all listening to this now, uh, you're worried about maybe what your small group is going to say about you. You're worried about maybe what those in your Bible study or those in your church or what your pastor may say or what your spiritual mentor may say. And you're worried about what your family may say. You, your family might reject you for for this this message of grace, this biblical message of grace that you now embrace. So Paul's encouraging the people. He says, listen, you know, I know, I know the Judaizers are going to reject you, but become like me. Be willing to be rejected in this embracing of the gospel of grace. So Paul was in pain and perplexed because the believers returned to the law. Secondly, Paul was in pain and perplexed because the believers rejected him. Paul says, you know that it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. So we see in that verse in Galatians 4.13 that for some reason Paul was in Galatia because of an illness that he had. We're going to see momentarily that it was an eye problem that he had. So, But he first preached the gospel of grace to those in Galatia because of an illness and the issues with his eyes. He says, and although my illness was a trial to you, you did not despise me or reject me. So when Paul came into Galatia and he had this, this battle with his eyesight or this some type of eye illness that was going on, the people had a lot of compassion for Paul. They loved him greatly. They cared for him greatly. They reached out to him to nurture him, to help him get through the severe illness uh, that he was experiencing with his eyes. It says, although my illness was a trial to you, you did not despise me or reject me. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ himself. So we see the heart of the people toward Paul before they rejected him. That when they first met Paul and he first began to share the gospel of grace with the people of Galatia, their hearts went out to Paul. Paul says, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God. You welcome me if I were Christ Jesus himself. I mean, these people had a, a deep love for Paul before the Judaizers came into Galatia and convinced them 
that Paul was wrong in his message, that he was leading them away from God and leading them away from truth. And before they convinced the people to leave Paul and leave grace and go back to the law. Before that time, they, they really had a love for Paul. And then Paul asked them, what happened to all your joy? You, you love me as if I was Christ himself. You welcome me if I was Christ himself. You welcome me if, if, if I were an angel of God. You reached out to me. You comforted me. You had compassion on me. You cared for me. And now you're rejecting me. Now you're turning your back on me. Now you won't have anything to do with me because these Judaizers has convinced you, they have convinced you that my message is, is wrong, that the gospel of grace is wrong, and that you have to go back to some type of effort to be right with God. He said, I can testify that if it were possible. I remember the days when you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Paul's probably reflecting back on conversations he had with with the Galatians when he was enjoying this a grace-filled relationship with them, that members of, of the Galatian grace family were telling Paul, Paul, I wish I could, could just rip my eyes out and give them to you. I wish I could take this eye illness that you have and give you my healthy eyesight. I mean, this is the love, the depth of love that they one time had for Paul. And Paul is so perplexed and he's in so much pain that they're now rejecting Paul. They want nothing to do with Paul. Paul says, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? What was the truth that Paul told the Galatian people? It was the truth of the gospel of grace. It was the truth of the finished work of Christ. It was, it was the truth of all God had done for them in Christ. And now they're looking at that message and they're despising the message of the gospel. And they're seeing Paul as an enemy now because he shared this message of grace. And they don't accept the message anymore. They reject the messenger. This brought Paul tremendous, tremendous pain, and uh, he was tremendously perplexed. So we see that Paul was in pain and perplexed because the believers returned to the law, because the believers rejected him. And thirdly, Paul was in pain and perplexed because the Judaizers removed Paul from the believers. Galatians four seventeen through 18, Paul says, Those people are zealous for you, but not in a good way. He's talking about the Judaizers. They wanted to win the people over. They, they were passionate to pull the people of Galatia away from Paul and bring them underneath their doctrine, underneath their teaching. It says those people, these Judaizers, they're zealous for you, but not in a good way. They want to get you away from grace and back to the law. They want to cause you to depend upon your effort to be right with God rather than the cross of Christ. They want you to depend upon your, your religious behavior and your moral behavior to be right with God rather than what Jesus did for you at the cross. What these Judaizers were doing was not good at all. Anytime a Bible teacher tries to, to um, criticize the gospel of grace, tries to move people away from grace and back to some type of religious system or set of disciplines or expectations to follow to be right with God, th th that is not good for that believer. That's not healthy for that believer. Grace is what's, what's good for believers. Grace is the message that Jesus gave Paul. The gospel of grace, he says in Galatians or in Acts twenty twenty four. But these people are zealous for you, Paul said, but not in a good way. Instead, they want to isolate you from us. That was the goal of these religious leaders from Jerusalem, these Judaizers. They wanted to remove Paul from teaching the people, and they wanted to remove the people from listening and learning to Paul. 
I understand that that's happened to me in 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 ministry it's you you don't need to listen to Brad you don't need to listen to this grace message that Brad teaches you it's going to cause you to go sin it's going to cause you to be spiritually weak there are people who were zealous to try to get people not to listen to me and to this message of grace wanting to isolate them from me and and me from them because they feared grace they feared oh my gosh if these people hear about grace they're going to go sin they're going to live a life of of immorality if they hear about grace and you and i know it's the very opposite scripture teaches that grace transforms our hearts that grace strengthens us that we're built up with the truths of grace grace is what people need to hear but in galatia the law teachers were trying to remove the people from paul the grace teacher instead they want to isolate you from us so that you will be zealous for them nevertheless it is good to be zealous if it serves a noble purpose the word zealous means to be passionate about something. The noble purpose that Paul's talking about here in Galatians is the purpose of sharing grace with people, the power of grace when it's shared with people. So we want to be passionate about communicating the good news of God's grace to unbelievers and to believers. We want to communicate grace to unbelievers. We want to educate believers about grace because that's the power that changes their lives. The gospel is powerful. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, verses 16 and 17. The, the gospel is the power for salvation. The gospel is the power for transformation in a person's life. So, so we want to be zealous. We want to be passionate about communicating the gospel of grace. And Paul says we, we want to be passionate about communicating the gospel of grace. He finishes out this verse at any time. And not only when I'm with you. So, so Paul's heart was to share the gospel of grace when he was away from the Galatian people. And he wanted to come back and spend time with them and share this gospel of grace with them again. But he was, he was in pain and he was perplexed because they, they didn't want to hear from Paul anymore. So the people were in pain and perplexed because the believers returned to the law. Paul was in pain and perplexed because the people, the believers returned to the law because the believers rejected him, because the Judaizers removed Paul from the believers. And finally, Paul was in pain and perplexed because the believers rejected the fullness of what Christ did for them. Paul starts off Galatians 4, verse 19 through 20 with these words. My dear children, we see in these words how affectionate Paul was toward the people of Galatia. He had a really loving heart toward them, where he called them my dear children. It says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So Paul was the spiritual father of the Galatian people, and he's relating his spiritual pain to see Christ formed in them with that of a mother who gives birth to a child. Paul was in tremendous pain because the people of Galatia had rejected the gospel of grace. They hadn't rejected Jesus. They just weren't relating to God based upon what Christ had done. They were adding works in and effort in, efforts in and observances in, thinking that these works and efforts and observances and the calendar and the disciplines were somehow gained them something with God and needed to be added to the cross in order to be right with God. And that gave Paul incredible pain because Paul says he was in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. See, the heart of Paul was that the work of Christ would be formed in the hearts of believers. 
one of the things that we're taught within Christianity, it's very popular. I remember it being taught in the, in the 1980s. It could have been taught prior to then, but I, I do remember this phrase becoming a very, becoming a highlighted phrase within Christianity and used by many different Bible teachers. It still is today, and it's called becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ. Now, if you notice, that's never the language that Paul uses. Paul used until Christ is formed in you. Christ in you. He talks about it in Colossians, helping people understand it's Christ in you until Christ is formed in you. See, it was the heart of Paul that people come to understand internally all that God had done for them in Christ, that the work of the cross would go to work inside of a person, that the fullness of forgiveness would be formed within a person, that they would know within that they're fully forgiven. They would know within that they're fully righteous. They would know within that they're accepted by God and loved by God as Father. So you don't see Paul teaching people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. You see Paul teaching that Jesus was fully devoted to them and to come to faith in Christ. But the idea of being a fully devoted follower of Christ was in place prior to the cross of Jesus. Jesus taught, hey, come follow me. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. If you want to be a disciple of mine, take up your cross, follow me. What we see is the disciples were very poor followers of Jesus. They weren't fully devoted followers of Jesus. They denied Jesus. They abandoned Jesus. They left Jesus. They failed miserably in being fully devoted followers of Jesus. We see a totally different message from Jesus, from the risen Jesus, from the ascended Jesus, when he appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, when he gave Paul the revelation of grace, when he taught Paul about Christ being formed in you, about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We see that the, the ascended message of Jesus to Paul, then through Paul, is one of Christ being formed in you, of coming to understand the final work of Christ, the full work of Jesus on the cross, what Christ did for us on the cross. And, and that's the message that we want to communicate to people today. We don't want to try to get people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's a works-oriented way of relating to God. What we want to do is get people focused on the cross of Jesus, not denying themselves, taking up their cross and following Jesus, the disciples failed at it, we would fail at it. We don't want to focus on picking up our cross. We want to focus on the cross that Jesus picked up for us. Paul talks about that in Galatians chapter 6. He says, I only boast in the cross of Jesus. We see this totally different message that Paul was preaching that he got from the ascended Jesus, a grace message that is rooted in not what we do, but in what Christ has done for us. So the heart of Paul was that the message of grace be fully formed in the Galatian people. And it's the same heart that God has for us today, that Jesus has for us today, that his work will be formed in us, that we come to know it's not about us being fully devoted followers of Jesus, but it's about him being fully devoted to us, going to the cross for us because he loves us, securing for us forgiveness and righteousness, and by faith, receiving the gift of forgiveness and the gift of righteousness and the gift of eternal life, and then allowing the work of Christ to be fully formed in us. So Paul writes, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. The same is true for us. Paul says, How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone. 
because I'm perplexed about you. See, Paul didn't like having to write this letter to the Galatian people. He didn't like having to say in Galatians chapter 3, you foolish Galatians. It wasn't the tone that Paul wanted to take with them. Paul was remembering back to the days when they had grace-filled relationships, when the joy of grace was just overflowing in their relationships. And now he's looking back and he's seeing that the joy that they once experienced is now gone. And he's in pain because the joy of grace has been removed from the Galatians. And he's confused of why they would allow the Judaizers to trick them, to cause them to turn away from grace and turn back to the law. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to this teaching today. If you enjoy these teachings, you may also enjoy the resources on my website, gracereach.org. And you may also enjoy my books, which are available on Amazon. I also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page, and you can find the links to all my resources and the details of this podcast teaching. If you'd like to support my ministry in reaching more and more people with the good news of God's grace and teaching more and more people about His grace, click the Donate button on the Grace Reach website, again, which is gracereach.org. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to this teaching today. I pray that through these teachings, you are understanding the Bible more fully and you're understanding God's grace more clearly. Have a great day.